Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colts cast. We're here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo, what up, Colts Nation? Ooh, it was a long day today. Jamal, I don't know where you want to get started. I just know the curse continued in Jacksonville. We got shut out by the Jaguars. (laughs) 24-0, why am I even laughing? I mean, they, (laughs) they just stunted on us. Where do we where do we go from here? What who's the blame? Hey. Just start it off. Top of the food chain. We're taking it straight to the top of the horseshoe we got back there. You know where we're going. Jim Irsay. My man Jim Irsay. Listen, Dude. a man of the people. He loves the team. Loves everybody. He he is the 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 dad, the father, everything that this team encompasses. But when I watch videos of him standing outside the stadium, signing balls at the end of the game, getting massacred 24 to zero, yo, that's not what I'm looking for. Mm. I like the fan engagement. I like that you want to show, you know, that you're still, it's your good guy. It's what you, you're here for them. But man, you need to be getting busy in the room, figuring out who we getting rid of because you giving me that signed football is an awesome keepsake. But I'm more concerned with next week's win because right now we owe one and one, and that doesn't work like that. So this plane ride back home, you got a lot to think about. Same way happened last year where it was a bad plane ride home. Once they got back to Indianapolis, uh, Ursay called that immediate meeting, pulled Ballard and Reich in the room. Yo, that already better that better be already happening. Like he better make it known, text him or something. Be like, as soon as we touch down to Indy, y'all know where to find me. Come to the stadium. Come to my office <laughs> because we can't do it. So now we're going to bump down to Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard. I mean, all summer long, not worried about the receivers, not worried about our groups. We look good. I'm not worried about anything. Well, dog, you got to be worried now because I don't know if we watch the same game, but for the second week in a row, I mean, sub, subpar, subpar game. Our receivers weren't out there doing what they needed to do. Everyone just looked bad. Offensive line looked bad. And Reich, as uh, or excuse me, Ballard, as a GM man, this is this is where you got to step in. You we set, you set everything up with the weapons we need. You you set Frank. You said, hey, do what you need to do. What weapons? Exactly. Sorry, let me put weapons. Weapons in air quotes. Michael <laughs> Pittman goes down, and we look. Atrocious on offense. Oh yeah, I mean hideous. Wow. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no, no. Yeah, you're good. I'm just saying that you got to be nervous because you sat back, cooped up like this right here, all summer long, cushed up, and it's not looking good. So let's go ahead and bounce down the Frank Reich, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the guy who gives us the blank stare every single game. Man, it's tough watching it. Every time I watch, every time they pants him on the sideline, the same face, no emotion. I don't know if he's just not content. He's too excited. He's not excited. He's not ha- There's nothing going on. You cannot read him. And his facial expression is exactly how our play is stale and content. 
man, it is, it's just terrible. It's terrible. When we look at what we had out there today, first off, we were at three point favorites, three and a half before Pittman got injured. I mean, we were supposed to come out there, bounce back after this, this tie we had with Houston one and no mentality. And I saw nothing lackluster from the top down. When you as a coach is not hype or you're not hype and excited to be out there. How do you expect your players to be hype and excited? Just every, everything about it just looked off just like it did last year off. Like we weren't supposed to be there. We were the ones, we were the clowns rolling in the town this time for the, for the what fifth time now we're Oh, and five down there. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't know. So I just wanted to talk about our leadership first. You can go ahead and throw something in there if you have anything, but man, I just had to get off my chest. Jamal, man. I mean, I, <laughs> but they are who we thought they were. And we let them <laughs> off the hook. Let them off the hook. Come on, man. This was, oh my God. I, I wanted to switch teams after this. It was hard to say we, we had such high expectations coming into the season. Like you got to think about it. We, we we were like minus 170 for making the playoffs this season. That has to be positive by now. I mean, we mm-hmm. looked god awful. I I don't know if there was a bright spot anywhere. I, I I don't really think I can blame Jonathan Taylor. He tried to put the team on his back when he got some carries in the second half. I saw that, but Wow, defense giving up way too many easy passes. We had no pressure on Trevor Lawrence. This Gus Bradley defense just doesn't look right. A lot of people missing their tackles one-on-one. I mean, that's when they were getting those yards after the catch is because, you know, we're doing man coverage or something, and our players, they they can't make that initial solo tackle. They just couldn't. They couldn't beat them (sighs) one-on-one. Our offensive line. My Oof, goodness, Jesus Christ! They they were getting they. Oh my God! We pay all this big money, like I was talking about last episode. Braden Smith makes what seventeen and a half million a year. Quentin Nelson just got paid this big contract extension. It just it doesn't look like the offensive line we pay premium for. We have a lot of big money players who didn't step up. Where was DeForest Buckner in this? I didn't really see him step up. Mm-hmm. Quiddy Pay, I I didn't see much from him over Stewart. I our D line was pretty absent. Our linebackers, I'll say EJ Speed, he made some big plays. I think he had yeah. two tackles for a losses. He was out there, and I saw him get beat in coverage. Yep. Um, Stephon Gilmore thought he had next up man, but but okay. So Stephon Gilmore was 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 okay, you know. Not too terrible, but can, can can we talk about Kenny Moore? I was gonna wonder if you're can gonna address ta- <laughs> the elephant because I was gonna bring it up, but you didn't. I, I'm pretty sure Doug Peterson on the hot, on the sidelines were just like, "You'll target Kenny Moore, boy." He's gonna allow. I mean, he was getting burnt. He was getting just toyed with, and I I don't know. We we come home to the Chiefs next week. <laughs> What do we do, Jamal? What do we do? That's a great question, man. I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, like you said, Kenny Moore, he's, this is supposed to be his contract here. He's supposed to come out demanding money all offseason. But now we come out into the to the real season, and I'm like, dog, you, you, can't, get, you can't get what you're not worth. Like, you got to be out there grinding. 
And like you said, going into the Chiefs, I didn't even tell you this yet, man, but I already got my tickets to the Chiefs game, but I am sick to my stomach now. <laughs> like, I am sick. Oh, I, man. Uh, I, I, Colts Nation, listen, I'm going to be coming from y'all live next week at the game, so I'm excited to show y'all some pictures and videos and stuff like that because that's pretty, you know, I got my good seat, so we're, we're excited for that. But, dog, I am not excited, not one bit excited for the game because I don't know. What's going to happen? Honestly, when watching this game, especially on defensive side, I said to myself, I don't know as much as we really need Shaq back. I don't know how much more he'll be able to come into the game and do. Because one person, I know he is a playmaker, dominant guy on our team, but he cannot motivate 10 other players to play to their highest potential. And again, I don't know if it's Gus Bradley's scheme or what, but one guy is not going to get it done. So, as excited I am to be in Lucas Oil, weather's going to be great, possibly the roof will be open, yada, 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 going for days and days. I am not excited to watch this game because it's going to be tough to watch this in person, just play after play after play when we're not utilizing the weapons we have. I want to say, so you talk about defensive scheme. I, I saw, I mean, Gus Bradley loves the cover two scheme. So when we do two high safeties, it seemed like they were just attacking the middle. Like yep. Doug Peterson was out coaching that that coaching staff was out coaching us by a, a mile because it whatever we ran cover two boom shoot the middle oh you're gonna play man oh, we're we're gonna kill Kenny Moore yep <laughs> I mean, every time we were giving up so many easy passes we're talking about those six seven yard passes boom. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was was perfect for, like, the first quarter. I think the second, almost two. Yep, eight of eight, first quarter. Yeah, they they went up 21-0 to zero on it. it. It was, oh, my goodness. And I, I just don't think, like, even Matt Ryan. Like, I know our offensive line looked really bad. Matt Ryan, I, I mean, he, he didn't look too great either. Just he, he had that one bad interception. Where he lofted the ball up in the first quarter, off his back foot, yeah, just yeah. lofted in there, yeah, way too high. You know, safety just came by and picked that off, and then, you know, his mobility in the pocket. You know, we we don't ever say Matt Ryan's a, a scrambling quarterback, but like I think that's going to be one of the limiting factors on him is is his mobility because yes, the pocket was collapsing at times, but I mean I think there was just sometimes if you insert another quarterback they are able to escape. They are able to extend the play. I, I just, it, it made me think that I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to be it. I mean, what is he, 37 years old now? Yeah. It, it, it's kind of scaring me. I, 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 we knew that coming in when we brought in Matt Ryan. He's he's not, you know, a super mobile quarterback, but I didn't think it was going to be, I mean, this evident that it's going to be an issue. So, no, nobody looked right. Uh, Paris mm -hmm. Campbell, did he even have a target? We'll be back after a quick break. If if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around yeah. the decade, right? You know, we we kind of uh, fifteen years ago we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues. Uh -huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. 
Uh, I don't think so. He had a penalty. But yeah, he did have an target. offensive pass yeah. interference yeah. that took us way back. Yep. So there's a couple routes I saw him on. Was not getting open. Not really sure. I mean, he was just running vertical routes. Just, I mean, he, he couldn't get open. But Ashton Doolin was probably the brightest spot in our wide mm -hmm. receiver core. I mean, he made some made some big catches. Mike Strawn had a big catch um, when he was running an out route to the sideline. Like, I saw a little bit, but I, I didn't see a lot. Like, our tight ends. Oh, Mo Ali Cox. I I was, you know, I I said in training camp, not really high on Mo Ali Cox. And when I was watching this game, the few times he was targeted, I, I realized why. Mm-hmm. Just... He's just like a mediocre tight end to me, a pass catching tight end. I don't know what 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 you got for me, Jamal. What what yeah. you see? Yeah, no, I mean I can go right down the list and just you know co-sign everything you just said. I mean Matt Ryan, sixteen of thirty for one hundred ninety five yards, three interceptions. Of course, you know that last interception came from just lobbing the ball out there at the end of the game. But going back to where you just first of his rating thirty four, Jesus Christ. Uh, but the sacks, five sacks, sacked five times for thirty one yards, and going back to mobility. I mean, the offensive line just wasn't holding up their weight. They they weren't. We we both said in the last episode we were afraid of Josh Allen, mm -hmm. and Josh Allen must have hurt us <laughs> because he came. My in. man was on another level, wrecking ball, another man. level. Yes, just causing havoc throughout the entire thing. What three tackles, two sacks, one tackle for a loss, two hits on on um, Matty Ice. I mean, it was just all around bad. And the O-line just looked incompetent from every every aspect of it. I mean, Matt Pryor getting blown up multiple plays, then mm. getting penalties. And that's how you know he was scared. That That's that's a telltale sign, especially for a left tackle. When you've gotten beaten multiple times in the game, that's when you start making those mental mistakes like a false start because you know the snap count. You know what's going on. But my man had – I mean, he's just, he's just honestly probably scared of what was going on. He didn't want to – they didn't want to get beat again, so he tried so to jump left the gun. tackle issues, man. Yeah, exactly. I don't even think Bernard Raymond had a great game either. It's yeah, no, just no, no, like, no. Yeah, did any, did any lineman have a great game? No, nobody, nobody had a great game, and and it showed even when they were trying to give the ball to JT. You know, I, I, I like the approach we took last week with Texans, where we came off the ball just gunning it with JT straight off the bat, letting everybody know what's going on. But we didn't take that approach this game. I think in the first half he had four or maybe the first quarter, one to two. Yeah, but just four rushes for four yards. I mean, yeah. just nothing. No push, no nothing. Yeah, no holes to run through. I, yeah, nothing, I mean, yeah. There was Nowhere no run blocking, so th there was not much he could do. I exactly, and that's what I was going to say. I think he what he had at the second half where he kind of opened up a little bit, he had two runs that combined for 42 total yards, which is where his stats came from because he ended with nine carries for 52 or 54 yards. So, I mean, literally his stats came from those two big runs he had. And I understand that Frank was saying last week that we, you know, of course we want to use him as we need to. We don't want to kill him. I completely agree. We don't need to kill him. We don't need to run him to the ground. But if we're going to play this, this, this game of trying to make defenses stay honest and trying to make a defensive coordinator stay honest and true to not stack in the box, then we got to utilize him better because what's worse than, once the defense has that confidence of they know that the offense line is playing like crap, so they're just going to keep blitzing Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan has no mobility at all, we're in trouble. I mean, we saw what happened those every time he couldn't get out of the pocket. He just fell back and just got smoked. 
But those times where he was able to get the ball out to Naheem on the screens or on those quick little bubbles or something like that, those look good. So if that means we got to spend more time on the checkdowns, then that's what we got to do. If the O-line isn't getting it, stop going under center. Throw the play action out the window. You know, go and shotgun. We, we we don't need to risk Matt turning his back to the defensive line to then turn around and get hit as soon as he looks up. So don't don't do any more play action. Stay back. Do draws if we have to. Do a counter from the shotgun. Don't matter. You can figure out something for what you need to do. But we don't necessarily have to keep staying under center like that, especially if we're not going to make the defense stay true. We were we were very committed to the pass game today. And it showed, um, and, and again, I know that the offensive line didn't have the best day, so they actually had a terrible day. I'm not even going to say they didn't have the best day. They had a shitty, terrible day. I understand that, but we also have to make sure that we are trying our best to to plan for what the defense is coming for. I, I don't know. I don't know whether Doug Peterson just got under Frank's skin or you know, got into his mind, because I know, obviously, they had the tenure together while they were in Philly. But the way I was looking at this, man, I said, I know who was the play caller on there in Philly. It damn sure wasn't Frank Wright. <laughs> but because, yo, know, Doug was out there scheming. He was scheming on everybody. And it, and it just looked looked horrific for us. Um, but, yeah, wide receiving core, didn't, I didn't really like it. Like you said, Ashton Doolin, he, you know, had probably the best day for us, the most catches. Um, but I just was – it was so lackluster. Matt Ryan looked lost. He didn't look comfortable. You know, it was just, I feel like his vision wasn't really there. I, I hate to just go down a, a rabbit hole of just straight negative, but there was nothing to me, like there was just nothing positive coming out of, of that offense. Yeah, I tweeted, I think it was in ha at halftime. I said, why are we not feeding Jonathan Taylor the ball? I don't care we're down three touchdowns. We have the best, arguably best running back in the league, which I thought we had a top 10 run, uh, run blocking unit, but... You know, that that kind of changed in the second half. They got it together. They they had some holes for him. But I, I, I asked myself, Jonathan Taylor had nine carries this game. Nine carries. Even though we were down, you know, the the, the game ended 24-0. Still, why were we not feeding Jonathan Taylor the ball more? I mean, he, he has single-digit carries? No. Come on, man. I, I can't respect that. I, I think we try to get too, too cute with a wide receiver core that's unproven. Let's just give it to our best player on offense. Naheem Hines, I liked what you talked about him. Uh, he had five targets, four catches for 37 yards. I liked how our, they, they were feeding him at the very beginning of the game, which I was liking because uh, he, he was running out the slot. He was catching passes out of the backfield on those routes out. But, you know, not much use for him after. Uh, he only had one carry for zero yards. Then my, my other things, we made Trevor Lawrence – Look like a god. We have. Well, I thought he was back at Clemson. Yeah, he looked like that top prospect ever since you know Andrew Luck, one of the best prospects since him. He looked like that type of player out there against us. Twenty-five for thirty, two hundred and thirty-five yards, two touchdowns. He looked really good. I'm, I I can't lie. He was solid. He was confident. He every time he rolled out. He was making perfect passes to his receivers. Scary now. It, it, it's kind of scary now because they're in the AFC South, so we're, we're going to see him twice a year, and Trevor Lawrence is going to be there for years to come. Um, I mean, their running game was kind of weak. Besides that, James Robinson, 37-yard plus, I think, carry for a touchdown, which that shouldn't have happened. But 
Yeah, I mean, their their receivers had a field day with us. Um, I, this offense, I don't know what what we have to do to get back on track, but we cannot get shut out by the Jaguars. The Jaguars are still rebuilding. We're supposed to be a playoff contender. We've been predicted to make the AFC championship by some analysts. That is in the shithole now. Absolutely. I mean, you, you literally, that was just well thought out, well spoke, because I, I can't really add anything extra to that besides the fact of what I said last week, where we're now going in 0-1-1 to a undefeated Kansas City Chiefs team. How how are we going to manage that? How, do we, how are we an AFC, cali- AFC championship caliber team and we can't get past these teams, a rebuilding team? And this right here just goes back to what, what I've said all offseason where you have to have that aggressiveness. Doug Peterson said he came to Jacksonville because he liked Trevor Lawrence. He liked the young guys who were there. And this is a prime example of what a coach who puts that 110% every single day and the players know what's expected of them. This is the difference because you look at what them last year with Urban Meyer, nothing. Oh, Trevor Lawrence, what's going on with him? Oh, he's not good. X, Y, Z. Then it finally fell. Oh, well, Urban Myers may be the problem. Well, now we look at Trevor Lawrence this year so far where he had he has Doug on his side. I mean, just a complete 180 of what we've seen from last year. So not to toot their, you know, their horn anymore. But I guess my point is, is they, they have a coach who's in there who's wanting to build that culture around success. Not around, not around, you know, well, this is just a stepping stone. You know, I think Frank Wright, I don't want to quote exactly what he said because I don't want to get incorrectly, but essentially what he said is that we have some, we, he can see the problems. We just need to fine tune those and we can get back on track. There is no getting back on track. And so I, I hate when I read people saying, you know, this is only game two. We still have an entire season, but what people are forgetting, these are divisional games. Eric, what is the easiest way to get to the playoffs? Win your division. Win your division. So how how are we going to get to the playoffs? We can't even win our division. That is six out of our 17 games. I I mean, we're done. We're done if you don't do that. So I'm so, I I just cannot keep riding the the gravy train, which I guess I shouldn't say I cannot keep because I've been off of it for a long time of, we just need to let it pan out to how it's supposed to. We need to worry about next week. No, because we saw what happened. We didn't even practice on Friday. I don't know what the reason was why we didn't practice. But after getting beat down like that, yo, we better be out there Monday through. We better be out there tonight. <laughs> they better have a film session tonight in Indy. And and not and on Friday, yo, you better be at the stadium early for a full day to practice Friday. Saturday, you better have another film session. Sunday, everybody better be rolling in at 8 a.m. Because there is no reason why. We are taking this lackluster approach, this one and no mentality, and still in the same exact boat as we were last year when it comes to playing these Jaguars, man. I cannot continue to listen to Frank Wright come with this soft approach of how, well, you know, we just have to turn this around. We have to turn that around. That Jim Irsay, you know what you got to do, man. You had the conversation last year. Ballard's eating his words now for how good all of our players were, how we don't need a veteran receiver. We don't need this. We don't need that. We have all of our weapons that we need right here. We don't need other veteran linemen. No, hell no. No, dog. I'm tired of lollygagging around with that stuff. And I'm tired of seeing people who are saying, well, you know, it's just, it's just a phase. Say no phase. uh, How long is it? Is it a five year phase? I mean, what's our plan? 
We've been saying for years, oh, it's a quarterback. It's the quarterback issue. It's the quarterback issue. It's the quarterback issue. It ain't the quarterback issue. It's not. Carson Wentz played a decent game last week, played a decent game this week. They, they, they beat the, they beat the um, Jaguars last week, didn't they? I believe it was. They beat the Jaguars. Did so they? I'm, I'll, let's make sure. They, they, I think they barely beat them. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you love running? Do you dream of running on a forested trail or a crowded road race? Martha Runs the World podcast is the place for you. We are about running for runners. We bring you running wisdom and inspiring stories every week. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. I just want to make sure real quick versus Jaguars before I eat my words on that. I can't read. I think they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, 28 to 22. My point is, is that we know what we saw last year with, with Carson out there. We know how much blame he got. But all I'm saying is I know Matt Ryan's older, but this is just remnants of, of where I don't know what I do know. It's it's far past the players at this point, man. It's the coaching that's the issue. Players still have to place their full ability, but coaches have to coach. That's what you're getting paid to do. You got to come out and do your job every single day. And having this weak, lackluster mentality of, oh, well, we'll get there eventually. We're still climbing the mountain. No, you got to be at the top of the mountain because if you're still climbing, there's someone climbing a little faster than you. And every single day, they're going to pull away from you a little farther. And right now, the AFC South is pulling away from us a little farther. And we're going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble. No, this sucks. This this is yeah. really, really bad. This is this wasn't worst case scenario because I thought, you know, going 0-2 against the Chiefs is actually worst case. But 0-1-1, I mean, <laughs> it ain't much better. And, yeah, Jamal, we, we are a shit show right now. Yeah. The Jaguars, they controlled the time of possession. Oh my God! Thirty-eight minutes and fifteen seconds versus our twenty-one minutes and forty-five seconds. Yikes! We had more penalties than them. Um, a lot of them they declined because it was defensive penalties, and they still got the <laughs> they still got the <laughs> pass or first down off. It it was bad. I mean, third down yeah. efficiency was two for ten. There's not a lot to like about this. Three mm -hmm. interceptions, even though two happened essentially in garbage time. Yeah. We didn't get to the red zone until I think the fourth quarter, and then when we did, we couldn't Looks convert. Like yep. Yeah, it, there's a lot of bad to 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 come from this game. I don't I don't know how we come back home to the Chiefs and just and just turn it around right there against one of the better, if not one of the best teams in the AFC. Josh, I don't know either. I, I like I like to think that with this, the players will come out with a, a different mentality because they've they've probably. I hope the players have thought that these past two games are going to be easy games to start off, and they knew they were kind of getting ready for the Chiefs. They'll come out hard, but honestly, man, at this point, the way it looks, we're just getting exposed across the field. And if I was any other team coming to town, i.e. the Chiefs, I wouldn't even be worried. I'd be like, this is going to be a cush game for us. Like we can we can try different plays out, we can do different schemes because if we get down, we, it's gonna be easy to come back. Because the Colt we the, us as the Colts now I'm speaking on, are we are so inconsistent 
that I mean, how 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 can we prove ourselves? How how can we sit here and make ourselves look any better or make anybody you know fear us when for two weeks now we have scored a total of th- uh, twenty three points, twenty three points. But realistically, over because well, we had twenty points in the or seventeen points in the third quarter or the fourth quarter of last week. So besides the fourth quarter, we have scored three points and. Seven quarters. Bro, that's not good. That's terrible. Absolutely not. And so we we just, you know, Chase McLaughlin just got just got activated to the active roster. Didn't even get his chance to show his leg. We we don't even know what he's about. I mean, didn't get an extra point attempt, didn't get a field goal attempt. Nothing. I mean, wow. We <laughs> Nothing. So I asked this, Jamal. Should we just blow it all up right now? Oh, one and one. Should should we overreact? It, is it overreacting to say tank for Stroud? You know, no nope. tank for. Yeah, because I, I don't know what to do. Because this is not the scenario I thought we would be in. I I I love that idea. I think we should just go ahead at this point and tank because we know <laughs> you already you already yeah. gave up. <laughs> Yeah, but because I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you because this is classic Colts. What's gonna happen? We're gonna play mediocre for the rest of the year, scoot out a couple wins that we probably shouldn't, but we will, and we're going to end the season eight and seven, or I guess uh, eight and nine, you know, nine nine and eight, something like that. We're gonna get a mid, you know, a, a mid um, first round pick. Or do we, oh yeah, I think we'll I will have to read the full stipulations of the Carson Wentz trade before I determine exactly what we get for the first round. But my point is, is our, all of our other picks are going to be like mid round picks instead of us having a lower one. So we're not going to be able to trade down because we're not going to have any, we're not going to have anything to trade down. So yes, at this point we do need to, we do need to tank because I'm going to tell you right now, you think the Jaguars play good right in this second game of the season and they're not going to be better when that we play them later on this season. That's a lie. The Texans, I mean, I don't. I like to think that they probably won't get too much better, but we play them. I think our last game, so hopefully they don't get any better. But the Titans, I like to think that with the two games we got against them, we may get lucky and get one of those. Don't know at this rate. I mean, after we, because technically we're looking, we're we're realistically speaking, we're going to be looking at going into with the Titans coming in. We're going to be o two and one. I would like to be one one and one, but I'm not. Also, I'm not going to lie, Coach Nation. We got the Chiefs coming to town, so I like to think that we're probably going to be o two and one with the <laughs> Titans coming into town. Not a good look. So we probably will lose this first one against them. Hope not, but we probably will lose this first one against them, and hopefully we can get a second one. So yes, Eric, at looking at a schedule, we could start off o three and one out of a seventeen game season. We need to be thinking about tanking. Yeah. Look, I want to see what we can do against the Chiefs, but yeah, if we go o two and one. My goodness, I'll be looking at some 2023 mock drafts. <laughs> Got to see which quarterbacks are on deck because exactly. I think it's time to bring in a franchise quarterback, prospect, talent, whatever. It just we need we need something. Unless we're we're gonna try to believe in Sam Ellinger, I don't know what we need to do at this point. I'm in a disarray. It was absolutely disgusting watching that game. I, I thought we could make a comeback like we did against the Texans when we were down, what, 20-point 20, 20 deficit or something. Mm-hmm. I thought we had it in us for a little bit, but it it looked really bad out there. I don't know what to do. I'm 
I thought when I was coming on this podcast today, I was going to talk about we were going to be 1-0-1. We're going to be undefeated with a tie, and we're coming home and talk about what we need to do to beat the Chiefs. Exactly. Now we're talking about Frank Wright is absolutely on the hot seat. Ballard could be on there, too, because he said our wide receiver group is fine. A-OK. We're, we're great. And obviously, it's not really the case. Um, Desmond Patman... Had a drop that was really, really bad. That could have been an instant first down. Paris Campbell is a non-factor, and he was a second-round pick. Been injured. Like he, He's not getting injured now, but he's not doing anything when he's on the mm-hmm. field. In the absence of Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce, that doesn't make any sense to me. So either Matt Ryan's not looking to him at all, which I know that's not the case, or two, he's not generating separation like he needs to be. He's not running his routes right. He's just not great, or they're just not scheming for him. I, I, I don't know at this point. I can't wait to go watch some film, go just break this full game back down. I want to yeah. see everything, but then I also don't want to see all the bad things we did. So, Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, I don't know. what, I, what I, The one thing I want to see our O-line work on, especially for – and I mean this for the rest of the season, not just next week because it's going to happen the rest of the season – but these schemes and the stunts that these linebackers are doing and that these defensive ends are doing, it's just, I mean, I don't know what it is, but it is blowing our offensive line's mind apart. What did we say last year? Braden Smith, running, uh, John Taylor running behind Smith, was averaging 6.2 yards a carry, something crazy we talked about. Mm-hmm. And this year's not even, like, he's not even relevant. And it's because these backers and these defensive ends are just stunting and our players are not looking. I don't know what I don't know. I seriously don't know what it is, but they are just they just look pitiful and pathetic out there. And it's it's just so weird because they have these years of chemistry. It's not like this is a full new group. None of them have played with each other or anything like that. Besides Matt Pryor coming in, everybody else for the most part, you know, they have an idea of how they play. So I just don't really understand where the disconnect is for us right now. And I just really think that it, at this at this point, Eric, you just got to start from the top and work your way down, man. You just you just have to, you have to. We cannot continue week after week after week after week, year after year, to give out. It'll it won't happen again. It won't happen again. We're gonna get better. It won't happen again. Y'all need Jim Mercey. Don't worry about that band you got. Don't worry about the fans. I need you to be a leader. Set the example. And make a move, make a business decision. Because remember, everybody knows end of this day, Eric, just like you have to cut to a 53-man roster, this is a business. This is not a relationship. You got to move on. If you want more Lombardi trophies, you got to move on, man. But I just know how they roll. I saw with Adam Vinatieri. The only player, the only player in Colts history I can think of that they they just said, "All right, you out." It was Peyton, the best quarterback they ever stepped foot on 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 the franchise. Neck, like, man, oh, neck injury? Neck. Nah, yeah. yeah. Dude threw for what seven touchdowns first game the next year against uh, when he was with the Broncos against the Ravens. Wild game. We won't go down that rabbit hole. But my point is, that's the only person they've ever just said, "No, nah, we're good. We're good. Don't worry about it." Everybody else, no, please stay, stay, stay. Ty is the now he's the second person, the second person who they've who they've kind don't of, bring out Ty Hill and I know Colts Nation is mad. Yeah, that we did not bring him back. Put it on the banner. Said thanks for the memories and all. Just said all right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and nip that in the bud right here. And I know I was a person. I said it all summer long. I said you know I I don't want to waste money on X Y Z. But man, 
Colts, I don't even know. I don't know if Ballard talked to him to see what a potential contract could have been because what would have been a one-year, $2 million, you know, $3 million contract, something like that. He may have entertained it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe nothing ever got spoke about. Maybe something did, and they just couldn't come to terms, and they decided to keep it under wraps so, you know, no one would point fingers anywhere. But if it were something that were affordable, I guess you missed your shot because I know that with the core we have right now, it's going to be a hell of a season. I agree, Jamal. It's it's looking like a lost cause at this point, but yeah. I don't want to give up on us just yet. No. Oh, one and one, we can come back. I hope, but damn, after seeing that today, I don't. We looked like one of the worst, if not worst, teams in the NFL. Yeah, like things are changing. The Giants are two and zero. The Dolphins are two and zero. We're oh one and one. Like, mm-hmm. there seems to be a big shift, and I think we're going on this ship down. But yes, we'll see, it- man. We'll see. We'll see for sure. And, and Colts Nation, remember, like Eric just said, you know, we're not we're not saying that we're not going to do anything. The team is done. No, we always just want to bring it to y'all uh, at a hundred and ten percent realness. I just don't want I don't want to put any fluff. If if someone were to tell me as an outsider who doesn't know anything about the team, they said I want to know all about team. I want to know the stuff that they're that we are telling y'all. I just want I just want to know the reality of what's going on because that's how you understand the franchise. That's how you understand why these things happen. Because from an outsider's perspective, every broadcaster who's going out there watching, they're like, oh, yeah, this should be an easy game for the Colts. But then when they see them in halftime report, they're like, well, I don't know what's going on with the Colts. Well, that's where we come in because we can break down and say, well, this is why this is going on. So don't think that we are just here to bash Indy because we are not. You know, I live up here. I love the Colts. Going to the game next week, obviously. So we just want to make sure that we're giving you all the real of what's going on week in and week out. Yeah, absolutely, and I I want the Colts to succeed, but just like Jamal said, we gotta get we can't sugarcoat anything that happened today. I saw the outrage on social media. Mm-hmm. Colts fans are mad, and they mm-hmm. should be. I mean, this is utterly unacceptable. That this was, I knew the Jaguars were gonna be a concern, but this this was really bad and. Yeah, I we we have to bounce back from this, or it. I mean, we're talking about like a four or five win season. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're looking at a top ten, top five draft pick. So we'll see what happens over the next coming weeks. Again, we have divisional games coming up, a lot of them, and that's really gonna dictate where our season goes because Absolutely. the only way we are getting into the playoffs. Is if we win the AFC South because the AFC is stacked like you all know and that is the easiest way to make it that's all I gotta say grand opening grand closing I like <laughs> it <laughs> well that's gonna be it for us everyone I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast release episodes bi-weekly go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or any platform you use to listen to podcasts We'll be back next week to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Go Colts, everybody. Go Colts.